0: Welcome to the audio podcast of the Father's House. We hope and pray you are both challenged and encouraged by this time in the Word. Guys, you're not here by accident today. Whether you've been here for a long time or you're just your first time here, God brought you here for a reason, and Andrew's got a great word for us today. So let's lean in, get out your Bible, your notebook, or whatever it is, and let's lean in and listen to what the Lord has for you today. Would you do me one last favor? Would you stand up and welcome Pastor Andrew to the stage? Thank you, Vince. Didn't you do an amazing job? I, I just felt welcomed as you, uh, as you introduced all those amazing, amazing announcements. I was on the edge of my seat. Well, good morning, you can be seated. It's great to be with you. If I don't know you, I haven't met you yet. My name's Andrew. And uh, you know, we've been in this series called Seeking God. Direction is so important, don't you think? We need direction in our lives. We have direction in our cars. Uh, the, other, uh, the other day my, my signal light went out and I, I finally got around to changing it because you know when you press the signal light down as you're driving and it goes click, 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 really, really fast. So I just said, okay, finally I've procrastinated long enough. It's time to change the signal light. So I went to Canadian Tire, I got the bulb and man, have you ever tried to change a light bulb in the front, like underneath the hood? It is very hard. You need to have very small, fine hands and mine are not fine. And uh, I finally, I finally gave up. I was like, I just can't. It doesn't work. But then again, you know, YouTube is so wonderful with all these like fixes and hacks, and shows you how to do things. So uh, I was able to get a cap off, uh, out of place, and then move my hand in, and finally, finally, get this light bulb replaced. And I looked at the bulb and I thought, well, it looks pretty good. I don't know why it wasn't working, but. And then, of course, I put the ignition in and I go to test it out and I had the front bulb replaced instead of the back bulb. It was actually the back back bulb that needed replacing. So after pursuit night, we went to Canadian Tire. We got the other bulb. And praise God, the back bulb was fixed. So we are relatively safe on the roads. (laughs) But you know, direction is so important in our lives. So that's why we're starting this month seeking God. Come on, that's not the worst segue you've ever heard to a seeking God. I don't know, okay? Maybe first service was a little more responsive. That's okay. I have hope yet. We're going to make it through. It's going to be great. Uh, well, listen, I, I'm so glad you're here today. This, this whole month has been so great. And it's, you know, God's so good. He's so rich in love and mercy. And it's, he, you know, it's so um, cut and dry, I find, often, in our lives. When we truly seek God... When we fix our eyes on Him, He just shows up uh, in, in marvelous and in miraculous ways, and. As we've uh, basically, we've prayed and fasted and, you know, we started this year and and God is just, um, he's just doing some amazing things in our church and I just believe truly the best days for the Father's house here in Calgary are yet to come and this isn't it. This is just scratching the surface of what God wants to do and you guys are all part of it. So I'm pleased to to see all these lovely faces uh, today in church. Uh, As we continue the series today, you know... um, I, I've been doing a, a bit of study on, on, on the Holy Spirit, which is what we're going to be speaking on today, is how to walk with God and some practical applications that I'll I'll give you today. But it's such a fascinating thing. If you're new to the team or maybe you haven't been to, you know, church before and you're kind of you hear people praising Jesus and then then say thanking the Holy Spirit and then but praying to our Heavenly Father and you're like uh, so who are, we, who are we going after here again? The, the, the answer is, in terms of those three, it's all of them. Uh, God is uh, referred to as the Trinity. He is three persons in one. Maybe this is review for some of you. Maybe this is new information. Uh, but the, the Heavenly Father and, and Jesus Christ and the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, are one now it 's a fascinating thing if you want to uh, be absolutely you know mesmerized in scripture and just go deeper and deeper into the word. You can just spend some time trying to work that out and consider that and throughout some of the study this week i i was uh, I was learning a bit more about it and how uh, it, amazing God is in that He is love. God didn't just create us as maybe, you know, okay, one God and I'm going to create a people so that I can experience love, so that they can worship me and I can create them to worship me. God already, from the beginning of time, had and is love between God, the Heavenly Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, this divine dance between the three in one that God has always experienced and is Community is love. So he didn't create the human race out of a need to experience and feel, feel love. He did it so that we could experience and feel his love. How great and vast and mind blowing that reality is that God loves us so much. That expression of community, of who God is, as Love is what we do, what we um, reflect on some level today as we gather throughout the week in our groups and our grow nights and our pursuit and prayer night, groups throughout the city and Sunday gatherings. This is just a portion of it. But we are here in community experiencing God. And I just want to give a special welcome back to Slava. Slava's in the room today. Come on, if you don't know, yeah, give him some praise. Give him some, some love, I should say. We praise Jesus. You know he's got, been through a, a tough time and and some serious uh, health stuff, but man, look at him—he is stronger than an ox, and he's in the house of God with his family. So come on, uh, when we're in unity, there is a blessing uh, from the Lord, and so we're glad to see you, Slava and your family uh, doing well—a uh, a miracle from the Lord. So uh, awesome that you're here. So today we're going to be talking about the person of the Holy Spirit, uh, and as Vince mentioned, our Grow Nights, our Uh, mission as a church ultimately is is to uh, help those who are far from God find life in Christ now uh, Sunday mornings is a a big part of that for sure but it isn't everything we don't exist just so that we can have great you know worship gatherings and you know experience the presence of God although all those things are awesome and we learn the word together but it's throughout the week we can't just be a Sunday church and then you forget you know everything live however you want the rest of the week and then we come back I've tried it and it doesn't you know you know, lead to great places so throughout the week we have a rhythm in our groups and pursuit and our grow nights and uh, I encourage you on February 14th you're, if you're married, this is where your spouse wants you to be on February 14th. Valentine's Day is going to be incredibly romantic, I'm sure, as we grow uh, uh, in our walk with the Lord. And if you're single, come on out too, because you might find someone else that wants to you know, learn more as well. Uh, and so we're going to have a great time going deeper in the Word and also financial... Peace University is uh, amazing. If you've never been through it, I highly encourage you to go through that uh, as we learn God's ways for your finances. So today, we're talking about the Holy Spirit, how God wants to walk with you, walk alongside you. Do you know, if you're a Christ follower here, you can hear the voice of God. Jesus himself said... Uh, what did he say? He said, my sheep, my sheep hear my voice. Thank you. We're sheep. We're followers of Jesus Christ, if you have a relationship with him today, that you can hear from him, because he said, my sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. So God will speak to you. God communicates, as we've talked in the past, primarily through the word, through the word of God. This is our plumb line, our, our level, our firm foundation. We are grounded and guided by the word of God. But God can also speak to you through many things. He can speak to you through dreams and and visions, through whispers on your heart or impressions or or a sense of something. He can speak to you through the logos, the written word, the rhema, the spoken word. He can speak to you through your business coach, through your gym teacher, through your pastor, through your group leader. He can speak to you through a donkey. He's done that. Case closed. True story. Look it up. You think Shrek's an original? Uh Uh-uh. It's from the Bible. Not everything in there is from the Bible. It's a good example of how we test and discern God's Word in our lives. It's been a while since I watched that movie. I might have to do that again. So God speaks to us in so many different ways. And the communication that you receive is the work of the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit in your life. The Bible describes the Holy Spirit as a dove. He's not a dove. The Bible describes him as fire. He's not fire. It describes him as wind, but he's not just wind. He is a person. He is part of the triune God. He is God, and he is a person, and he wants to walk with you. Jesus, um, before he was crucified, met with his followers, and he basically laid it out. Like, you guys, he's like, you're gonna go through some incredible times of persecution. They're gonna mock, beat, and kill you. If they didn't accept me... They're not going to accept you. If the world hated me, it's going to hate you too. Want to sign up for life following Jesus? These guys did. But Jesus... Part of the reason I believe why is because he said that he's not going to leave them alone. Though he had to depart from them physically, he would send another advocate, the Spirit of God, to be with them. And the scriptures say prior to his departure that he said, I've told you these things about the Holy Spirit that I am to send so that you won't abandon your faith. John chapter 16, Jesus said, but now I am going away to the one who sent me, and not one of you is asking where I am going. Instead, you grieve because what I've told you, but in fact, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. Christ's death on the cross makes a personal relationship for all who call upon the name of Jesus Christ possible. Because of Jesus, because he went away, he could send us the advocate, the helper, the Holy Spirit in our lives. That's good news. Because the bad news is, if he wouldn't have done that, we would still be in our sins. If Christ didn't die for us, we'd be in a bad, sp- bad place. For those of you, maybe have been walking with the Lord for a while, do you ever remember, you ever think back to where you were before Jesus changed and transformed your life, before you became a new person? I do, and that guy scares me. My wife's been married to probably three or four different men now. <laughs> All of them have been me, because thankfully, Christ has changed and redeemed and set me free. The word continues. Jesus said in John 14, If you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him, but you know him because he lives with you and later will be in you. Now, that word advocate in the Greek means the helper, the uh, encourager, uh, counselor, one who walks alongside, one who pleads another's case. That is the advocate. That is the Holy Spirit in your life, that he wants to walk alongside you. And the spirit is the word pneuma. It's a uh, personal attribute of God. It speaks to the personality and character of the Holy Spirit. Co-equal and co-eternal, the Heavenly Father along with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. This word never refers to the Holy Spirit as a depersonalized force. It is always with the personality and character of God. So God, the Holy Spirit is a person. Now Jesus promised that That he would live in them, that God's spirit would live in those who follow Jesus Christ. He breathed after the resurrection on his disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit. As I have been sent, I am now sending you. There's a mission, there's a plan, there's a purpose for God and for you in your life. And then the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2 is poured out upon all believers, all who profess. They were just hanging out, worshiping, praising God. And the spirit of God came and poured out unto all believers and then to the Gentiles, those farthest from God, that God would be with you, living inside of you. Paul said that it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. When your spirit is joined with God's spirit, You are saved, it is salvation, and it's no longer you who lives, it's God at work in you. It's by the power of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. Now here's a a practical look at the results of what the work of the Holy Spirit does in our lives. He leads us into all truth. He empowers us. He convicts us of sin. But he also comforts us and brings that correction. God doesn't just convict you and say, look at you, you sinner. <laughs> Point that out in your life and then walk away. No, he says, I want to help you. Will, you. will you call upon me? Will you let me correct and guide and discipline those that he loves? So he brings us comfort. He comforts us. He helps us discern right from wrong. He reveals the heart of the Father to us. He gives us gifts so that we might help and serve others. He gives us wisdom and insight. He gives us assurance of our salvation. And he will communicate consistently and he will never leave us nor forsake us. Have you ever noticed that God gets blamed for a lot of stuff that he never orchestrated? Have you ever had a good plan for God? There's a few of you. Okay, more than the last service. Maybe you guys are a bit more honest than they were. I thought I was the only one. You see, I had it all written out. I did all the heavy lifting. I thought everything through. Uh, um, I looked at every single facet of the situation and how my life was going to look. And I put it on the paper and I basically brought it to the Lord and I said, hey God... I know you're busy. Don't want to bug you too much with this. You got a lot on your plate. It's just Andrew here. I just need you to sign off on this real quick. Just my life plan. And uh, if you can just, yeah, just an initial there on page two and three. Perfect. That's great. Thanks, God. So we orchestrate and we lead our own plans, our own lives. And then we get a little bit down the road and we're like, wait a minute, this isn't working out. Like, uh, 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 like you planned, God, like wh- I thought you were blessing this, you signed off on this. God's like, no, no, I didn't. This is your idea. These are your plans. We have to submit those plans to the Lord, surrender them to him, hold them loosely and say, God, what do you want for my life? It's gotta be God's idea for your life because his way truly is so much better when we surrender and release our own plan to him. Whether it's relationships, career, where you want to passionately pursue with your time and your, your talents, your finances, relationships. We want God's blessing on our own prescribed plan. He's like, no, it doesn't work like that. My plan is so much better, so much higher than your plan for your own life. So how do we know the difference between what's God's plan for my life and what's my own plan for my life? You see, uh, there's a lot of things where, you know, if you've, maybe you've experienced this in your own life where people say, or even you yourself, man, like, I really believe God wants me to do this. And God spoke to me about this. God can use so many things to speak to people. But anything you, you feel like God's speaking to you, whether it's dreams, Visions, maybe just someone who's uh, giving you a word or a relationship, someone's talking with you about, we have to test and approve. We have to put that word against the plumb line, against the foundation of God's word through the scriptures. Uh, The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 12 that we aren't to copy the the behaviors and the customs of this world, but that we are to, by testing, discern what the will of God is for your life what is good and pleasing and perfect don't just follow what the world's doing don't just follow the three you know top Instagram hacks on how to make a million bucks that might not be what God's calling you to so we have to discern discern means to sift to distinguish to uh, set apart to select or divide out it's like um, if you've ever had trail mix you know and they give you the stuff with all the the pecans and the uh, uh, peanuts. You have to start sifting through and getting all these unhealthy things so that you're left with the M&Ms and the raisins. No, I I enjoy trail mix. I don't know why I'm giving trail mix a hard time. I I like it with the peanuts. If you have a little bit of chocolate in there and the raisins, it's all good, but you get the idea. Maybe I'll try a better better explanation. Uh, Okay, so discernment. Dividing, selecting. One time, um, we were at uh, a youth conference back when I was a youth pastor a, a-, a while back. And uh, I don't know why you guys are laughing, but <laughs> it was amazing, amazing season of our lives. And uh, I, uh, I had a little more hair back then. It was a little longer. And I could stay up later. And... We had, some, we had some good times, but we, we, uh, we went to a youth conference with the youth. We took them to this amazing conference, and man, it was so great. Worship was great. The kids were praying over one another, and I you was know, just weeping, and I was just like, man, this is so great. It's so inspiring and encouraging to see the next generation, these young people coming up, praying for one another, and watching the Spirit of God work in their lives in these young people, and just think, our church is going to be in good hands, the next generation, Come on, it's going to be good. And so there's some amazing, you know, we want to be a, a generational church. And uh, so we were at this conference, and they had these uh, breakout sessions throughout the day. And so I took, uh, we, we split the leaders up into different groups, and then I took maybe four or five kids into this uh, one group. And all of a sudden, we got into this breakout room, and all the people start gathering and sitting down. And, you know, sometimes you just get a sense of something, and it's like, this is kind of weird. I walk into a room it's like, this. I don't know, something doesn't feel right. Hopefully you didn't feel that this morning. Feel good. You guys are okay? You guys are are cool to keep going? Do you need a drink or anything? Temperature's all right? Okay, good. So we walk into this room and I'm just like, something's just not quite right. But I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to freak out. (laughs) Let's just wait and see, right? And then this lady sort of opens up with prayer and she starts saying how... You know, it's, it's, it's be open-minded today. And as we pray, I mean, it's not necessarily the most important who we're praying to. It's just that, you know, we're praying. And, and to elevate your consciousness. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. What is she talking about? And she says, you know, the Holy Spirit is a God. Not Holy Spirit is God. And right away, I'm like, warning, warning. Burp. Beep. Warning. Warning. Leave immediately. Leave immediately. Beep. Beep. And I was saying all this out loud. It made it incredibly awkward for the rest of the, the rest of the group there. I just leaned over to the kids. It's just something within me. in my spirit, I was like, "Guys, this isn't of God. The presence of the Lord is not here. Because when the presence of the Lord is there, there's peace. there's clarity. There's conviction and comfort, but there is not a a sense of confusion. And so I just whispered to the guys. I said, hey, guys, we're going to go. Just follow me. And we stood up and we walked out. There was no more. We just, I don't have time for that in my life. I don't need that. And we certainly don't need that in our young people. But here's what I'm saying, guys. There is a discernment that as a follower of God, that Jesus Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit, as you steep your life in his word, that he will speak to you. And all of a sudden, when something is out of alignment with the word of God, he's saying, warning, warning, Will Robinson, or whatever your name might be, because he's speaking to you that this isn't of him. Is Will here today? I don't think will's here today <laughs> god's spirit doesn't bring confusion now there is a difference between um amazement and and when you're when you're studying the word of god and you're like man this is so vast i can't get to the depths of that that's different that's like you're going in and you're going after God. You're trying to understand how this all makes sense. You could spend your life, you know, doing that. And God will speak to you and give you peace and clarity through his word. But there is something different. If you've ever been talking with someone and they're just, I get it. Like sometimes we're tired or hungry and we're not making sense often. You know, I, I, I understand that. But sometimes you'll sense you'll, you'll be talking with someone and they're just seemingly going in circles. And there's not a, a clear word and there's some confusion, you have to be careful. You have to have awareness as followers of Jesus Christ because the enemy is crafty. He will disguise himself as light so that even someone who's speaking on the outside, the Bible refers to them as whitewashed tombs on the outside, they look good and actually, they, they kind of sound good, too. But there's something that isn't quite right. Something that is confusing. You have to be spiritually aware and sensitive. And it is discernment that every Christ follower has. And the more we read his word, the more we spend time and walk with him, the more we can know what is of God, what is for us. If a, an unbeliever wants to talk to you about spirituality, I mean... It's, I'm not going to receive that. We can talk for sure. But I'm not going to allow them to influence or try to infiltrate my belief, belief in a relationship with the Lord. I mean, we're just on two completely separate pages. So if you're ever, someone wants to share a word with you, you have to ask, who is this person? Do I know them? Can I can I trust them? Do they have my best interest at heart? Are they serving Jesus, are they walking alongside him? Are they part of a local healthy church? Are they walking in alignment with five-fold ministry? Pastors, prophets, apostles, evangelists, teachers. Because if they aren't, then I don't need that input in my life. We have to have discernment. Now, if you can trust the source there are godly men and women that have your best interest at heart and know Jesus, then I can receive that. But even then, we're testing and approving the word against God's word. You can't just let or receive any word that comes across your way. So, uh, God's voice is not every bit of communication that you get. And it's not every bit of communication that you might even get while you're sleeping through dreams you ever had a crazy dream and you're like I don't know is there a spiritual connotation here and we can kind of wrap a little bit of imagination around that and all of a sudden uh, you know if I tried to preach the dream that I had from like last night at three in the morning, it wouldn't go well it wasn't it's not really founded in the word of God it's like it, it just it's it's not really a clear Teaching. So anything that we get, like our dreams, for instance, are full of all of the experiences and inputs throughout our lives for all the years we've been alive. And if we're to base something and then say, That is God, God spoke to me very clearly, and I felt His presence through this dream, I was flying an F 18. Okay, and I was thundering through, and then I just saw the Lord put me over the clouds, and then I thundered past, and I I went to this far-off land, and then there I preached. So I just I believe God's wanting me to get my private pious license, and then I'm actually gonna fly and go preach in these random destinations. So, sweetheart, we gotta sell everything and daddy's gonna, you know, fly some F-18s. I don't think I have the vision for that. Like that they're not gonna allow that. The figure, perhaps, might be a bit of an issue climbing into those cockpits as well, but that's besides the point. So we we have to, everything, every input that we get must be tested and lined up against the word of God because God will never speak anything that's out of alignment with his word. So we need to know his word. We need to steep our lives in it. If you hear someone say something like, Oh, I don't need church, I just go hiking and you know I can pray there. Hey, that's great. I'm glad you love hiking. But that's not God who spoke that to you. That's a lie. That's the enemy. That's the God, lower G of this world that wants you isolated and away from the body of Christ. You hear someone say, Oh, God told me I don't need to be in community, that's a lie. Someone says, oh, God told me I don't need to tithe, I don't need to give right now because things are really tight and I'll be starting a new job. That's a lie. That's the enemy. He doesn't want you to realize the fruit and the blessing of serving God with everything, especially our money. These things can grieve God. That He gets assigned blame for things that he never orchestrated. He didn't design for you, but somehow... We wrap our own imaginations around it and then say, come on, God, where are you? I've been calling you out this whole, I'm praying to you, where are you? And he's like, well, this wasn't my idea. I don't know why you did, this was a dumb idea. That for me today, hey? So we have to learn, if we're gonna walk with God, we have to learn how not to grieve him. How not to grieve the Holy Spirit. First Thessalonians, it says, do not quench the Holy Spirit. In the Amplified Version, it means don't subdue or be unresponsive to the working and guidance of the Holy Spirit. Another translation says don't put out the Holy Spirit's flame. Quench means to extinguish or stamp out a flame. In ancient days, uh, I wasn't there for this, but I did study this part. (laughs) They would have lamps. And and they would leave the lamps running with oil. And and just a little flame would remain running constantly. And they would light bigger fires with this lamp. It was a starter. And uh, now I'm thinking about appetizers. Sorry. It was a starter. (laughs) It was, uh, it started and it brought warmth. Thank you. The fires brought warmth, health. Safety, Okay, you have a larger fire. Now a lot of poor people couldn't afford the lamps or the oil to burn and they would be left in the darkness. Here's the point. We have to keep the Holy Spirit's fire burning in our lives. We cannot quench. He says, don't put out, don't extinguish the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't stamp out or quench the Spirit in your life. Isaiah 59 says, Listen, the Lord's arm is not too weak to save you, nor his ear too deaf to hear you call. It's your iniquities that have cut you off from God. Now, iniquities is a condition of guilt resulting from unrepentant sin. Unrepentant sin is when God has convicted you. He, you, you know, you know it's wrong, but yet you keep coming back habitually. To the same well to drink from, and it never leaves you satisfied. It's unrepentant. You see, God loves us so much that he took our sin on that cross. But we have to repent. We have to turn from our own way of living and release our lives to the Lord. If you've got unresolved things in your life, unforgiveness in your life, we are quenching the Holy Spirit It can cut us off from what God wants to do. Ephesians 4 says, Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not grieve. Don't bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way that you live. By the way that you live. Your lifestyle, our lifestyle can quench the Holy Spirit in our lives and keep him at a self-imposed distance on our end we're saying no god i can't let you into this place if we are um gossiping and slandering and criticizing behind someone else's back the holy spirit's like hey what are you guys talking about oh no i can't yeah no i can't talk about this i'm out we quench the holy spirit if uh If you're watching pornography, the Holy Spirit's like, eh, I'm out. No, we quench the Holy Spirit. If you're excessively drinking in addiction, God wants to free you from that. But he's like, I can't, you're not allowing me, you're stiff-arming my presence, I can't, I'm out. But he misses you. He wants to reconnect with you. He wants to pour himself into you so that you become bubbling up with the joy and the presence and the peace of God. That ultimately, the closer we walk with God, everything else pales in comparison. The things that used to taste, look, smell, and feel good don't have the same effect. That's the reality. Because everything with Jesus is just better. I'll invite the... Band to come, and I just want to give you three quick takeaways on how we can practically implement this in the rest of our day and in our week ahead for Monday. Three ways that we can walk with the Holy Spirit, walk with God as we continue to seek Him in our lives and in our church, is we can walk humbly. Now, humility is often confused with. something like lowest self-esteem or an underestimation of our capacity, that's not humility. It's false humility. Humility is essentially recognizing who I am without God's grace and who I am with God's grace. That it is only by his grace, through his stripes, I'm healed. I don't deserve it, but yet he poured it out on us. We walk humbly. In John 15, Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I remain in you, you will bear much fruit. Listen to this. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Nothing fruitful. Nothing lasting. Nothing worth anything. You can do a lot. Without Jesus in your life, you can build a business. You can have a successful career. You can populate the earth. You can have an amazing statue of yourself built. You can have your name on a school or an arena. But study history and you'll see it fades. It falls apart. It doesn't last. We need to live for what will last for eternity what matters is building a life for eternity Bible says God opposes the proud but gives grace and favor to the humble Psalm 51 the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit a broken and contrite heart these oh God you will not despise we recognize our brokenness before the Lord and how much we just truly need him Isaiah 57, God says, I live in a high and holy place, but also with those whose spirits are contrite and humble. Where does God live? With humble people. That word contrite is an interesting word. It means that we are empty. We are collapsed. We're like dust. I've got nothing to offer apart from Christ. That it's truly only His work in me and in my life. That's what we're living for. That's what we're going after because I recognize who I am without God. Without Him, I'm lost. Without Him, I'm just making noise. I'm just filling the days until I die. That's not what God has called us to. He is the hope of glory. But when we walk humbly with God, hear his voice there's an uh, appropriate humility the Bible calls it the fear of the Lord in Isaiah 6 he says God I'm not worthy but I'll, I'll be your mouthpiece I will go We, when we become worshipers followers of Jesus Christ when we give our whole lives to him and behold him there is an awesome respect and an awe a mighty awe of God like when you're looking up at the stars and you just see them so clearly and you're like God who am I you would think of me little old me the vastness and the amazing complex universe that God created so we need to walk humbly understanding who we are with God and who we are without number two we walk openly free of any self-made plans so often we're, we put all these things together and we load them up in our hands and we say look God okay I've got this here for my career and I've got this for my family I've got this for my finances I've got this investment and I've got this job opportunity I've got this thing here and we're carrying around all this stuff and we're like why can't I hear from God things are falling apart because you're carrying so many of your own plans and your own things it's hard to hear the voice of God when it's full of our own stuff when we won't allow the voice of God to speak to us because it's actually going against a lot of the things that we're already holding. There's a term, uh, I think it's a sunk investment, sunk cost or something like that, where it's like, it's hard for me to give this stuff up because I've invested so much in. I don't wanna sell the stock because I've put so much in, even though it's down to nothing. We do that with these things in our lives. We say, God, I've spent my whole life doing this and you're asking me to just give it up, Well, that can't be from the Lord. What if it is? And you test and discern that, God, everything comes from you. If you're asking me, if you're truly asking me to give this up, then I open my hands to you. I release it to you. I I promise you. When we do that, what God has for you around the other side is so much better than what you think you have right now. God's ways are so much better than our own. And often we can't see it but that's kind of the point isn't it? we have to have faith in God that what's around the corner God if I follow you you're going to be with me that it's going to be better what are your arms full of? what do we need to let go? everything in your life my finances career relationship future spouse dating relationship it's all yours I live with an open hand and God says great I I get it and I got more of that where it came from but it's going to be godly God-given, and a gift from the Lord that's right for you. Think about the disciples, how they got their start. Successful, you know, fishing businesses, they've got the nine to five, they kind of got the routine down by the beach, things are going good, and Jesus is like, drop it, leave it, follow me. What, What was it that they could do that, that they could just say, yes, I'm gonna leave everything and follow you. The Bible records stories of others who didn't, who went away very sad because they had lots of things going on. They had lots of pies. God's asking us, will you drop the stuff to ensure that you're following me, that it's my plan for your life and not your own? Number three is to walk right in. We walk humbly, We walk openly with an open hand. He says to walk right in. Hebrews chapter 10 says that we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. Because of Jesus Christ, him crucified, we we have direct access to God. Because he went away, he said, It was good that I go away. How hard it would have been for the disciples to watch as he leaves, but they were met with a promise that he would never leave them or forsake them. Because the Spirit of God now rests and dwells in us. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, if you say, Lord, come live in me, I open up my life to you, I believe in you. Bible says that he is near to those who are brokenhearted. He's close to you and he loves you. He's not mad at you, looking at, oh, you sinner. He wants to connect with you, and he loves you. The simplicity of the good news of the gospel and everything that we preach is that Christ died. Christ took our guilt, our sin, and our shame on that cross so that you and I don't experience the wrath, the destruction, that comes from being falling away, choosing our own way. And Jesus took it all on the cross to give us life, to give us eternal life because of his love for us. And he wants you to experience an abundant life, an eternal life. And when you say yes to Jesus Christ, that means you're saying, God, if there's anything in my life that isn't of you, that isn't for me, if there is anything in me that grieves you, Lord, if there's anything in me that quenches the Holy Spirit, that extinguishes or stamps out the work of God in my life, I don't want it because all I want is you. As we Approach him and spend time with us. Spend time with him. My uh, my kids, when when they were little, I would have to get up really early in the mornings, and they would wake up so early, so I'd have to get up just to be able to read the Bible a little bit because I just I needed to hear from the Lord, for my life and our situation, my marriage, with our finances, raising kids. I just I needed the word of the Lord in me. And I'd sneak downstairs and try and quietly tiptoe. And then I'd just grab my coffee and write a few lines in my journal and just read the Bible. And, and just there in this quiet place in the basement. And then I'd hear little footsteps not long after. And the kids would come in. And When they when they would come in, I would, just, I would welcome them. I'd bring them up on my lap and they'd just, you know, want to chit-chat and and let them draw little stick figures or whatever on my, on my journal. I still have some of those. They're probably not going to make a lot of money on the open market and in art or anything. But I just, I just loved being with these little ones. I loved being with my kids. I, I stopped what I was doing just to enjoy them for a few moments before they go upstairs and start shooting Nerf bullets at each other. It, it's the same way God wants to encounter us and spend time with us with no agenda or all these plans. He just wants us to come to him. He said, Lord, I just want to spend time with you. You know, God, you know, you see, I really need you right now. In this situation, the finances, with my job, this relationship, God, I don't know what to do. Will you help me? I'm sorry, God, this was my own plan. Just release it to you. And when we do that, He'll walk with us. He'll connect with us. He'll show us the way and He'll guide us through the power of the Holy Spirit who is the comforter, the advocate. He guides you and walks with you. There's peace with God because of what Jesus Christ has done for you. That's for today. That's for you.